As you move your way through typically decades of employment, you are accumulating assets that at some point you're going to use to fund your retirement. When you do reach that point, you shift from that accumulation phase to what's known as a decumulation phase, where you're now going to start taking those assets and using them to fund those retirement years. The order in which you start decumulating, so the various sources of income that you have when you do get to retirement, the decision as to where those are going to come from, where do you draw from first, what mix do you have, can have a profound, profound impact on your net worth at the end of the day, or also even something as simple as how long your money is going to last. In most cases for fellow Canadians, we have typically about five or even more sources of income when you retire. Most people are gonna have the basic CPP, Canada Pension Plan, old age security, that's quite across the board. A lot of people are going to have registered accounts, so they could be RSPs, they could be RIFs, that they're gonna be drawing money from, locked in pension plans, etc. Uh, a lot are gonna have tax-free savings account accumulations or other uh, non-registered investments that they're gonna be able to pull money from. And uh, some, a lucky few, are gonna have pension plans. And so all of these sources of income are going to be available to you uh, when you retire. The question of where first, what do you draw from first of all these various sources, isn't as simple as it first seems. Traditionally, the rule of thumb has always been that you take money from your non-registered investments first, so your savings accounts, etc., and then you shift to your registered accounts. So that could be RRSPs, RIFs, etc., tax-free savings accounts now. The concept, the logic was that you take your taxable money now and then you shift or you defer the uh, the tax on things like RRSPs as long as you as long as you can. Now, in 2009, when the uh, tax-free savings account uh, came about, it really changed the way this was looked at, and it's provided a whole bunch more flexibility than most Canadians had previously. Uh, when you're drawing money down, there's always two things that you sort of normally keep in mind. There's the tax efficiency of drawing money down. You want to take it out in the most tax-efficient way as possible. However, you also have to balance that off with the longest lasting in most cases. So saving some taxes today um, sounds like a good idea, but if that jeopardizes the, the longevity of the portfolio or of the income source, um, you have to balance those two things off. In this video today, I'm gonna be looking at two specific scenarios. One is sort of looking uh, at a baseline of the traditional scenario, the traditional method of decumulating from your investments. The second will be to compare almost an opposite of that and just see uh, sort of the pros and cons and how that plays out. Now, to be clear, there are multiple scenarios for virtually every person, uh, but this will give you an idea of sort of the things that you need to keep in mind uh, when it comes time for you to make the decision for yourself. Uh, before I get to scenario one, I will uh, remind you that the first link in the description below is for our investing academy. And if you are looking for investment training or you're looking for retirement preparation training and courses, we do have that link below. I invite you to check that out after the video. In the two scenarios we're gonna be looking at today, the only difference is the drawdown order. So this is what we're talking about here. The first scenario, we're gonna look at the more traditional, take money from your non-registered accounts first, then from your registered accounts, and finally your TFSA. We're gonna flip that in the second, and we're gonna say take money first of all from your registered accounts, being the most prominent, then your tax-free savings account, and then your non-registered account. We're going to look specifically at the tax implications of doing so, and probably equally as importantly, maybe even more 
But importantly is we're going to look at the, um, the, the net worth or so the value of your estate at the end of the day. I'm going to look at a hypothetical couple named Robert and Roberta. Robert is 60 years old. Roberta is 58. They are planning on retiring imminently. They've accumulated $300,000 in their joint non-registered account. Each of them have $500,000 in their RRSPs and they have $100,000 each in their tax-free savings account. These are going to be the pools that they will be drawing from to provide for their retirement. They also have a principal residence fully paid off at about $1.2 million. I'm going to assume that both of them will receive uh, OAS and CPP and to try and simulate a reasonably uh, common scenario, each of them will get their full OAS benefits as they've been living in Canada for 40 years or more. And each of them will also get a, a pretty good chunk of their Canada pension plan. So not full benefits, not the bottom end, but somewhere in between. Uh, that's you know where a lot of people fall in this country. And we're going to assume that they both live till age 85. So these are things that we're forming a baseline. We can always adjust these once we've got this down. But for the purposes of comparison today, they're both gonna live till age 85. Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. The first chart that we're going to look at here is income sources and total tax. The top part is the traditional method of non-registered first, registered second, and the bottom chart, we're flipping that to registered first and non-registered second. The lighter blue line, as you can see here, is the non-registered proceeds. And in Robert and Roberta's plan, we're gonna draw the majority of your money from that source until we've essentially exhausted that portfolio. And then we're shifting over to the registered proceeds. And you can see that fairly clearly from the chart here, the light blue lines start at retirement, go through till approximately 2032 or so. And then as you can see, the bulk of their income comes from those registered proceeds. The purple section at the bottom shows their pension, CPP and OAS throughout their lifetime. The bottom part of the chart flips that where you can see in the early years, the bulk of their money comes from their registered plans in the darker blue, again with their purple line. Now I wanna draw your attention to the black line in each scenario here. In the early years, you're gonna see a very low rate of tax payable because they're taking money from the most tax efficient assets that they have, which are their non-registered investments. Then once they've exhausted that supply, you will see the tax rate increase fairly dramatically and then it stays fairly steady, gradually growing um, over through to life expectancy. Now, if we contrast that to focusing on taking more RRSPs or registered assets out first, we will see more tax paid initially. That dips off somewhere in this case around 2028. For a number of years, the tax is again at the lower end of the range. And then that too increases around 2035 to a larger amount as they live out the balance of their years. 
For those of you who are more number oriented, I'm just going to compare scenario A, scenario B, and the taxes. And you can see clearly in the early years, there's a very minimal, a nominal amount of taxes that are paid um, in the scenario A with the non-registered coming out first. A higher taxes paid on scenario B with the RRSPs coming out first. However, when we look to the bottom of their life expectancy, so around 2048, we're going to see that flip where more taxes are being taken from scenario A and fewer taxes taken from scenario B. If we look at a graphic of the income tax timeline, uh, this is another way of looking at those same numbers where in the first scenario we see very low taxes in the early years. We see that bump up. Of note, the average tax rate stays virtually flat from 2035 right through until the last survivor has passed away. Now, if we contrast that to scenario two with the focus on the RRSPs up front, in this scenario, we will see the higher taxes in the early years, a dip for about eight years or so in the middle, and then jumping up to that full taxation around 2035. The average tax rate, you can see the difference there. And if you compare that to the average tax rate of plan B, it's quite a bit more varied. Now this is a summary look, a top level look at the tax impact of that scenario. But what I wanna to do too, is I wanna to look at the net worth comparison because as time goes by, uh, again, depending on what these people's um, objectives are, it may be, uh, well, most people would want a higher net worth at the end of the day. Now, believe it or not, not everybody, but in this case, let's look and see which of those scenarios will result in a higher net worth for Robert and Roberto. As we can see in the traditional plan, the non-registered investments, which are gold in color here, are used up early in the plan. And the bulk of the net worth from that point forward is registered investments. If we contrast that to the second strategy, we will see more of the registered investments being used up early that will result in them growing at a slower pace as the time goes by. However, their non-registered investments do increase and at the end of their life expectancy, they have a much more balanced portfolio. The actual numbers themselves in this scenario, plan A, they will end up with a net worth of $5,523,442 and in plan B, a net worth of $6,213,719. So at the end of the day, this one simple decumulation a decision, this change, results in almost a $700,000 savings uh, for this couple. Now, just to reiterate, this is a hypothetical scenario for a hypothetical couple. And every single person's uh, situation will be a little bit different. Everybody's circumstances will be unique. But this will give you a sense of the importance, the gravity of something as simple as the decumulation phase that we've talked about in this video. There are countless other things that a retiree or a potential retiree should be thinking uh, of as well. If you are younger and you're not yet at retirement, uh, you will have an opportunity to position your assets uh, to, to take advantage of this. If you're at retirement right now, well, you kind of have to work with what you have, but even decisions like this will help there. Um, there isn't one solution for all people. Um, definitely starting earlier is better. If you would like some more assistance with this, as I mentioned earlier, uh, please check on the first link below this video right now for our investing academy. I thank you for watching the video and I really look forward to seeing you in the next video.